Welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're going to talk about the Amazon Prime original show, The Boys, specifically about season two. But um, before we get into some of that, I just want to say, Taylor, you actually got me hooked on The Boys. Uh, Sounds like a funny (laughs) thing to say, but I've never seen the trailer for this show when it was you know, going to be airing in 2019, of course, we're both big fans of superhero genre mm-hmm. already. So <laughs> if you haven't figured a, that I out, a, now, you, you haven't, yeah, this you haven't known that um, we did two full episodes on just superhero material. But um, <laughs> I, I, there was something about it. I was really intrigued about it. But the main hesitation and why I didn't seek it out was because I didn't have Amazon Prime. Yeah, so, it's, it's with the case of a lot of these shows. If you uh, are not a... Uh, streaming any of these sites, then you're missing out, unfortunately. But the nice thing is with these sites, you have these trials and whatnot. So, and you've got friends who can share it uh, as the case with, and that's with what us. happened. Yeah. We came out when I was visiting you in Maryland last week. And uh, we, of course, were catching up on Lucifer because that's a show you got me hooked on to. But I was like, the boys season two had just dropped and you said, we got to watch it. So I was like, well, I have to see season one first. So we watched all of season one. Yeah. In about I don't know, three days or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really loved it. Like Super the show is really entertaining. It's like an alternate universe reality of a superhero world where you know it's it's still planet Earth. There are superheroes that exist, and they're like mega celebrities. Like, yes, they have powers, and yes, they do good, but they're like mega star celebrities, and it's all like this big business corporation. Vought, which is something that's unique because we look at the uh, superhero movies that we know, you know, you got the Marvel and this one actually, it's really poking fun at DC is really the, the key uh, yeah, comics D- they're kind of DC making fun and, of. DC and Marvel, but heavily DC. And of course, with a lot of these um, superhero adaptations, movies, uh, films, TV shows, this is based off actually a real comic book series. Also actual, a yeah, set of graphic novels. Yeah. Or comics. Um, called the boys and um yeah I, I, you know looking at the material from the comics you could tell that it was meant to be a little shocking because it is uber violent it is uh very uh raunchy there's a lot of a uh, even darker and uh dare say uh more grotesque things that happen in the comics than they even want to put on the screen. And the show already is pretty adult. I mean, like oh, yeah. from the very first episode, uh, you know, what you see in the trailer, um, our, our main kind of character we follow of Huey, his girlfriend is run over by a superhero <laughs> named A-Train. And, you, you know, we look at a lot of superhero movies like Marvel or DC and yes, we do have human casualties sometimes. It happens. But this really takes it a step forward to be like, well, what would really happen if someone that could travel the speed of light was to run straight at you? They would plow right through you and yep. you would literally evaporate. You wouldn't, you know, you would just. And so we have this imagery of this, this kind of 
literally a train of blood and gore that is Huey's girlfriend. And that's what kind of sets the whole show in motion is that this young man, he wants to seek vengeance because a superhero killed his girlfriend and they want to write it off. Like it's just like never happened. Here's $45,000. Shush, yeah. shush. So very typical. I, what you see a lot in yeah, today's world. Of- exactly. The show, I mean, uh, the superheroes are revered as God celebrities. And this is, does a huge kind of poking fun uh, at, you know, using the superheroes and Vaught, which is the main company that, that backs them. Uh, what would happen if, you know, superheroes, you know, went, went bad and weren't necessarily, you know, what you see, like the whole idea, never meet your heroes. And of course the boys refers to this team of vigilantes that Huey gets uh, fall under the wing of another main character, uh, Billy Butcher, as they try to combat these individuals who abuse their powers and that they're going to use this team to take them out and expose them for, you know, the corrupt superheroes and not the goody two shoes that they are presented to them. Exactly. The they, they present a lot, especially in social media is a big part of the superhero world. You know, they're constantly talking about, we're seeing good demographics here with you presenting this or where this thing, you know, it's, it's so business oriented, which is so weird to think because usually we're following superheroes to, defend the day defend the people fight off the villains but what if they are truly the villains themselves so yes. that's that's the great concept of this um show so we're gonna put right here that's the end of our kind of a teaser for the rest of this pick uh so spoiler warning spoiler warning there it is if you have not there it was if you have not seen uh, all of season one and especially season two Stop listening to this pick because we're going to be going into spoiler territory and uh, talking about the whole show as a, you know, both seasons. So, yes, right. There's so many shocking elements to the show within. If you are looking for shock and awe, but at the same time, it's not, it is played for shock and a little bit like, whoa, these eye popping moments. I don't know, it's head popping moments. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> but it, I was really impressed with what they did. First of all, there is so much great character development, a show that tackles the corruption of celebrities, but also tackles, especially in this season, tackled a lot of stuff from the feminism, uh, Me Too movement, so very relevant. Uh, also tackling mm-hmm. the corruption. Right in, the fir- right in that first episode. Yeah, right, right in the first episode. and then Right in the first episode, we have a, we yes. have a, a Me Too uh, situation, which actually is it's worse than the comics. Yeah, um, so... It's it, literally yeah. a full... It's a, it's a full gangbang in the comics, but they dumped it down, luckily, because that's a little too much. But, um, yeah, we, we have our kind of new recruit to the team, Starlight. And when she first shows up, a character named The Deep, who ends up becoming really the comic buffoon of the group who can do no right. Which he's is a great a, parody and making fun of how Aquaman. Of, of Aquaman. Yeah. But <laughs> Until he, Jason uh, Momoa, he, he was always that. <laughs> he baits her into saying, you know, I'm number two if you don't... Uh, Give me a little loving. Yeah, um, I can get you kicked out quickly. So, yeah, there's an unfortunate uh, kind of terrible situation she's put through. But it does help her arc in the long run to overcome that and become strong and realize that her path is to not be part of this corporate business, you know, bullcrap. So what did you think of? So we have, yeah, we have the boys. We have, you know, Carl Urban, his great portrayal of billy the butcher yes a lot of season one is still a mystery though we don't get a lot of backstory of why he's seeking revenge we just know that he wants to kill homelander that is like 
or make Homelander pay. That's like his big thing, which is why he takes Huey under his wing and we get then, you know, the additional uh, team members, you know, we have, we have Marvin and then we have uh, Mr. Frenchie Serge. He's so funny. And then we get kind of our, our last kind of, I would say the, uh, the wild card as she really is a wild card. Yeah, uh, exactly. Kimiko, who is this poor girl that was tested on uh, with, you know, the big kind of reveal. I think uh, one of the big reveals of, of season is this uh, idea of the compound V this, that, yes, that all the superheroes are not born. Yeah, none of these superheroes were born. There's the also the prevalence. There's this big um, uh, Christianity thing uh, that oh, these people were chosen by God, but it's all chosen a lie. It's all God. this farce uh, that mm-hmm. you know God has nothing to do with it. So it does poke a big hole into a religion right there. The kind of the uh, again the kind of there's the corruption. There's the kind of hypocrisy of a lot of this. So there's this reveal that okay, superheroes are all these experiments by Vought and you continue to pull back the layers there. But you're right, Huey and, and Carl Urban's character, Butcher, they both, uh, you see they have some similar motives and they kind of, they both, he takes them under his wing. Uh, the other characters, you don't really know why they're part of this group. Of course, they were disbanded uh, before season one. So uh, as they try to get the classic, get the band back together. Not not their first not the first time trying to take down these soups. No, exactly. You know, we, we do find out eventually, you know, it's been like eight years since really the, the big reveal is that uh, Butcher's wife, Rebecca, was raped by Homelander. Yes. And because of that, and especially the way this business works where everything's hush hush and, you know, people are paid a lot of money to quiet things down. He assumes that she's probably dead or in a prison or captured somewhere. So, of course, he has his vengeance of wanting to find out what happened to his wife and seek revenge on Homelander. So that's like his kind of inspiration while he, of course, is dealing with the loss and the tragedy of his girlfriend being killed by a train. And so there's this kind of, yeah, combo of these two and then getting the team members back, because I think there's something about the hunt that they really like for, even though they know that they're putting their own life on the line, they're putting their yeah, families these guys, on the line. These, all these people with the exception of Kimiko, they don't, they don't have, you know, they don't have powers. No, they're just average, average Joe's and they don't yeah. know what they're, uh, they're way over their heads. Of course, they bring all these mm-hmm. little skills to them, but again, they're not only against a you know corporation this, that's seemingly evil, but you've got super-powered individuals that can kill them like that. And so there's this, as yeah, you see, got, many of you, well, see, as, you know, we mentioned uh, you mentioned the deep. The deep kind of becomes the buffoon character that um, we actually haven't really gotten to see the height of his powers yet, and I think that's going to be something that's going to come up in future seasons, just because we don't get to see the deep really doing much. But you have Black Noir, who's kind of like the Batman ninja character who doesn't speak, is extremely deadly, but very funny. There's a lot of comical yeah. element of his character because he just shows up and has these reactions <laughs> without saying a word. It's really yeah. funny. And then you got uh, Queen Maeve, who is got, the kind of Wonder Woman yeah, character. Wonder Woman type uh, role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she has you know a really great arc where she seemingly um has this edge and this you know corruption as well she kind of follows along under the thumb of homelander but there's a lot of great um you know positive character from her and of course we also have translucent who plays like the invisible man uh character who's really this 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 creep who just you know hangs out in women's bathrooms and yeah he's just so he's always just showing up and he's always just buck naked it's just like yeah (laughs) he literally is just showing up and and he's just naked all the time but i did like that his power was kind of like when he does go fully invisible like nothing can hurt him. Like he literally yeah. becomes like a diamond of a shell. 
um, which led to that really hilarious scene within the first few episodes where the only way they know to kill him is you got to come from the inside. You know, they shove a bomb up his ass. And I love that, you know, Huey does get some sort of first step of revenge. And, you know, by taking that step to become, that's kind of like his initiation to the boys. I felt like when he finally yeah. pulled that trigger and killed Translucence, it was like, all right, man, you're in and out and there's no turning back now. Um, but of course we have the, uh, the pinnacle, the leader of the seven is a uh, Homelander and uh, major props, Anthony Starr. This is by far my uh, favorite character of the show and probably, in my opinion, the best acted of the show because of how much they give this character he is your ultimate superman character so he has all the charm all the you know he's got the power he's got this sense of leadership but he's probably the most flawed and damaged character of the show because he was not he he wasn't even like born and raised with parents he he was born and raised in a lab lab he was tested yeah yeah, it was just a bit this his lab whole rat. life. Oh yeah, and which is why I love that they have they have this kind of creepy as you I, you, you put it in a great way when we were watching it, kind of this creepy uh, Greek mythology kind of um, idea between him and Madeline is that he looks up to her so much like a mother figure, but he also has this like sexual desire for her. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's this weird like he he his appetite needs to be filled in the weirdest ways. But the thing is, he's also such a he knows he's like a god and nothing can really hurt him. So he's kind of in this mindset of like, uh, I can do whatever I want. And it just plays into this great villain like character that you just you, you love to watch on screen. Yeah, he's he has these moments where he's so charming, so uh, affable and you want to see more of just this charisma. And then on a dime, on a dime. All of a sudden, he just like, you know, laser beam, literally, um, you know, slicing in half. So, so, yeah. so many great. And, and which so, is, which yeah. is the thing, too, I think about Superman is we're so used to, even in the newer ones, uh, yes, his lasers can do damage, but we're not really seeing to the point of like chopping guys in half and just we've seen guts. And they do it a lot on this show. The blood and gore in the show is so over the top, sometimes to a comical element, but I yeah. think it's, it adds to that kind of, um parody take on what the superhero show is about yeah but um oh he's just so such fun to watch but we do get this pairing of starlight the kind of newbie who comes from a very christian background and she's trying to find her place in the seven and she really wants to be a hero but you know when she finds out that she was not born that way she was created it means her mom actually t- took the you know compound v from whatever government official from Vought and made her that way because she wanted her to have a better life. It's like she didn't even have the choice because she was, you know, a young baby. So that's there's a lot of that going on. And she's she's having such a hard time wanting to accept Vought, be that corporate kind of superhero. No, yeah. Well, she just realizes this is not what I this is not what I thought it was gonna be. But I love how okay, so we're we're left off season one. Madeline's been killed by Homelander and the butcher his whole thing was he was going to blow up Madeline, try to get leverage off a of Homelander. So he ends up doing, he does blow her up. And then we think, Oh, is, is butcher dead? Cause obviously Homelander wouldn't be injured. Well, her baby's fine. And Homelander of course is fine. And then butcher wakes up outside of this house and Homelander's there. And he's like, you're going to love this. Cause he's got that creepy smile. And we find out that butcher's wife's been alive the entire time. And her son, 
is Homelander's and is alive and well and has his powers. Well, and also, we got that. The boys are disbanded. Also, Homelander, in his really demented way, decides uh, the only way that we can continue to get power and the, this whole power grab is the, the Vought International is trying to get the boys, I'm uh, sorry, starting to get the seven or superheroes into the military. So this whole idea there, which is a, a big theme and trope that's been in a lot of movies and shows of other times where they kind of talk about uh-huh. this. And of course, he's like, well, what better way to have a superhero to fight? You know, he cannot be beaten. He needs to have a supervillain. So he, throughout the uh-huh. season, had been creating supervillains. And they have these super terrorists. So right off the bat, they've got super terrorists around the world. And now Vought's like trying to scramble and figure this out. And of course, you know, the boys, they're disbanded because they tried to do everything right by the book and all this evidence. And of course... Uh, with the soup terrorists, they're sold out and they're running for their lives. So there's a lot of big stuff that happens right away. You're like, okay, well, how are they going to solve this? And that's where we lead right into season two. So we get into season two here. Uh, overall, I'd say season two was a bit slower at times, but I think it was on purpose to build up more of the character development and especially the connections because we had a few new characters introduced for season two, but we still wanted to see a little bit more about what makes these guys such a team? What makes the seven, you know, what they're going with? And now that Madeline's gone, we kind of have a more step-up character of um, Mr. Egger, who is kind of like, was her boss. And which we we knew in season one, there was something that Homelander was afraid of that man. So it was kind of like, oh, this is a guy who probably has, he's not afraid of anything, but there's something about Mr. Eggers he does not like. Yeah. So I like to, off the bat with season two, we have this running plot line of the deep has been sent to Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> he has been removed from the seven. So basically if you, you get, you, uh, you do screw up with the seven, they send you to like the worst possible place. <laughs> so he's, he's sent, you know, <laughs> to a state that's going to have like very little crime and the running gag that he, he continually keeps injuring sea life, even though his whole purpose is to protect sea life is really a funny gag, but we have this, you know, depressed broken down hero that was at the top of his game and now everyone not only is he you know out of the seven because of he's he's comically bad sometimes at his job but also because of sexual assault and so now he's also getting constant beratement from like fans and um even like people he meets in ohio that he's like you know a jerk and so like there's even one really creepy scene where he he takes a girl home to his apartment and she starts like basically coming on to him sexually but through his gills yeah. on his chest and like you know she's getting in there and he's of course in pain it's like how do you like it you know taste for your yeah. medicine so he's on this dark depressed path and then he is found by a character i guess it, you could call him like you know he might be like the green arrow character or maybe you know the hawkeye character but the guy with the bow and arrow e- eagle the archer <laughs> and uh he helps him join what is clearly a parody take on the Scientology church. Yep, the church of, of the collective. <laughs> uh, this church that is church of the collective, which has a lot of, you know, kind of psychology to it and kind of getting you in habits. And they keep doing this thing of Fresca is kind of what keeps like getting him like focused on what's going on. He's like, you want a Fresca? Yeah. And the leader of this church is like a very charismatic, like, you know, <laughs> looks like a billionaire kind of character and um 
So that's that's a whole plot line there is we're having this idea that he's trying to get back in the seven and he thinks that by joining this church, that might be a way to do it. The other plot line is the boys don't have Butcher. We don't know where, where Butcher went Yes. after Homelander had captured him. So that's the whole kind of like, well, where'd Butcher go? Which I, I kind of guessed that the first episode was going to end with him showing up. It's a very good like setup for like episode two, what happened to Butcher? But what a great little, you know, monologue when uh, Butcher comes back. He's like, daddy's home. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny because Huey's kind of left after season one. Like, I don't need Butcher. We don't need Butcher to do what we're doing. And like, yeah. clearly they do because they, yeah, he's the leader of the boys. Who's the leader? And like, Huey's trying to step up to the plate. But, you know, they're looking at him like, you're not a leader. Mm. You're not you're not the head of this. But of course, um, after the events of season one, he's been still even though. Uh, Starlight finds out he kind of betrayed her. He was kind of using her at the time. And there, you know, she's kind of a little, his little undercover agent as they're trying to bring down Vought. I think the important takeaway from this season is we get a lot more backstory about Butcher. And it's really like Carl Urban's like big season because we get to know more about like a younger Butcher, um, his relationship with Becca, you know, clearly a very loving relationship. But now in season two, we're getting more of this idea that you know, again, Homelander has this control over her because she, she, you know, she couldn't reach out to Butcher this entire time because clearly they, the world is not ready to know. You know, we're not quite at the point yet where Compound V is known to the world. It's going to happen in this season. But we know that there's no natural-born superheroes. Mm-hmm. And Ryan is a natural-born superhero born from, you know, it's Homelander and Becca. So that's a big plot because we were told at the end of season one that oh the baby tried crawling out of her and it killed her and you know all these lies from madeline these lies 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 so that's it's kind of a sad but i think it's an important storyline homelander's trying to show a little more of the nice dad vibe he's trying uh, to find he wants to train his son a, yeah he's such a damaged person and he's like i like the idea where he's like i want this son this this boy my son to have a life that I didn't have. I didn't to have parents to have parents to be loved because he knows that the thing is he knows he's messed up, but he he can't. He's going about it all wrong to change, but he doesn't know what to do yeah. about and it. Still, and which is great because I think again finding humanity even in villains is such an important uh, thing to show in a show because if it was just all hundred percent jerk the whole entire time it stops being enjoyable to watch and just be like, I, I hate this guy. When's the next time we're going to get him off the screen? So we see these little moments of humanity, but then I also love there's moments of anger because he's so frustrated that he wants to teach Ryan. No one taught him how to be a superhero. He kind of learned it all himself. He wants to show Ryan the ropes. You know, he's got the same powers, assumedly, that Homelander does. So he's like, I'm, I'm going to teach you. I'll teach you how to fly. But it's that twisted moment where Ryan's not an angry person. He's a smart young you know happy kid who's had a happy yeah. life until homelander's kind of back in his life so like there's that one scene where he pushes him off a roof trying to get him to fly <laughs> he's just and he like just this totally really falls. deranged soccer dad yeah <laughs> come on son there's like a you know there's a darkness to him being the chipper you know i'm the all-american dad and it's going to play yeah. into you know kind of the end of the season we do get a you know we have the the deep is out in sandusky ohio mm-hmm. translucent is dead so we have a few seats to fill in the yeah, A-Train's been in a coma. And you know, he's he's been injured. A-Train, because A-Train was, you know, hyped up on Compound V. And we get a new character called Stormfront, 
who <laughs> right off the bat was the kind of sassy, like very social media um, heavy. Everything this corporation does is crap. We shouldn't be following this, you know, and we could tell there's a darker motive there, but we don't really know at first. And but she's really powerful. She's probably second most powerful to Homelander. She's got yeah. purple lightning. She's like super strong. She can fly and she's got this crazy electric lightning she can do storm front she makes storms and (laughs) she's kind of like a pair to homelander there's something that they connect on and they become uh they become a little romance in this season they become the deranged super uh power couple Uh (laughs) (laughs) home front there you go storm stormlander oh i like stormlander there you go hashtag pretty good hashtag but now yeah so Uh, we, so we have we have that going on and um, but then, as you mentioned, we have this idea of the super terrorist or beings that have been created with the, the V. And, you know, we had Kimiko, who we found on season one, was being kind of another lab rat kind of situation. She was kind of captured. She'd been injected. So she's got these crazy fast powers. She's very violent, but she can heal really fast, which is nice. Yeah. But she had a brother. So we get this idea. of Oh, there's a brother character and his powers. He can like crazy he's got like crazy force powers like he can um push and shove things with you know his hands yeah and there's this uh bond you know she wants to you know she can't really speak because of the damage to her vocal cords she wants to save her brother and her brother is in this he's just got his thing going he he, he can't be held back and it ends up costing him his life when he's uh stormfront ends up killing him in a very brutal way um yeah. So Kimiko is out for vengeance. And you've got a great relationship, which established the beginning with her and Frenchie is this whole, like, it's not so much romantic, but it's this, this, they're connecting where they had very troubled home lives. And of course she can't speak, communicate only with her own sign language. So towards the end of the season is great because then they like, finally, okay, I can understand you. You can understand me and, you know, carries on there. And that, that was my favorite thing because Kimiko had like, such a great art towards the end of that season where uh, of course we get some you know great stuff coming up but this season then with stormfront's character has this which i think it's crazy the fact that, i mean unfortunately it is still a a problem today's society but who knew that when this show was coming out it would be around the time uh you know these issues that it's so well done especially with this idea of the systemic racism of course, it goes to mm-hmm. a whole thing where she basically, we find out that uh, Stormfront was a Nazi or part of the Nazi party. So it she was a Nazi in- and uh, she was original like girlfriend of uh, Vought, right? Like the Yeah, Frederick Vought, who was basically company. like, he's this whole idea. Another, another great plot is this whole idea where Operation Paperclip, which was a real thing that the United States after World War II, you know, pardoned all these Nazi scientists and had them come over and all the great technology that we have today was inspired by Nazi war profiteering. Mm-hmm. And so you have this whole idea where um, they used her and she basically was one of the first uh, superheroes. She was like almost a deranged kind of first creation of like, you know, when Captain America is created of this. Yeah. You know, Liberty. Liberty. And she's kind of changed her, you know, she, she has longevity of life. So she kind of changed her image because she should be like, hundred some years old or hundred years old or something, you know, and she looks like she's still like, you know, early, you know, mid, mid twenties, early thirties. So um, there is this uh, great scene when, 
you know, eventually as media happens, uh, it is found out that she's a Nazi and it's all on the press. And so she's kind of going psycho mode and she's trying to find uh, the boys and she, you know, she wants to take down a system and she's got her whole thing because she wants to basically, she's trying to bait Homelander on her side so that they can maybe take over and create a whole world of soups based off her ideology, which is, you know, fascist. And we finally get this great scene where uh, she gets a proper beat down. And this is like a, this is a full, uh, you go girls moment because uh, girls do get Maeve it done. Starlight oh yeah. Kimiko and Maeve. beat the oh. crap out of her. Yeah. I said, yeah, and Maeve. And they, it's this great scene where like punch after kick after punch after kick. And she's just beat to death and, you know, but she escapes, you know, can't have to kill off it great scene where you know she's been uber powerful a lot of the, the season but she finally and because even earlier there was a moment kind of a uh snm moment if you will <laughs> where she asked homelander to laser like right above her breast yeah and he's like it'll kill you and she's like just do it yeah i can and he it. starts like lasering her and she's like even harder and of course he's a little into it because he's sadistic as well and he's kind of crazy and it doesn't burn her like we see some char but it's not like anybody else where he, if he lasers someone, they're, they're cut in half them, you know, automatically. So you have that going on, but we kind of culminate to this government, maybe, you know, working out deals with the CIA of like, okay, if we can get you a vial of compound V, if we can get you some proof, can you put it down into the world that, uh, you know, compound V was the thing, the soups were not born, they're created. And also about Stormfront. And there's this crazy, like, unknown presence through the whole season of some kind of what we believe is probably a super terrorist that their power is they can explode heads. <laughs> yeah, before that, though, we got to talk about this, the, which is the great awesome showdown where um, eventually, you know, this great culmination where Butcher does get to face off once again with his neme- nemesis, Homelander. And of course, you get this great thing where May finally gets power over Homelander because the biggest thing that his biggest weakness is he wants to be loved and all he has is his image. And there's this great show off where there's that edginess where Butcher, you know, this whole time for all two seasons trying to get revenge, finds out his wife's alive and he gets her at the very end and her son uh, accidentally gets her killed by using his powers. Of course, takes well, yeah, Stormfront. because Stormfront... Stormfront shows up. Stompfront. Stormfront. She becomes front Stompfront. <laughs> Stompfront? No, yeah, stump, basically yeah. she is Stompfront. Um, stumpy. Ooh, Stumpy. Um, she, she's trying to like choke Rebecca to death. And of course, uh, Butcher is, you know, been thrown against a tree and he's injured. And he can't really get up. So we, we, we all know what's happening. We can see it. You know, it's like you can read it a mile away, but it was still exciting we see Ryan kind of getting really upset and then he lasers Stormfront. Now remember Homelander is considered the most powerful superhero on the planet, but he's a lab rat still. Ryan is a natural born and emotion always plays into how superhero, you know, their powers work. So he's in very, he's afraid. He's got a lot of anger and he (laughs) blasts at Stormfront, which severs both of her legs and one arm, all of her hair. And she looks, 
She looks like the female version of Anakin Skywalker. I know. <laughs> uh, after Obi-Wan uh, burns her up. Uh, it is, she just looks, and she's only talking in German. Oh, yeah. So I think there's also some kind of brain damage. She's just like, she's like, you know, she's like just talking probably some Nazi propaganda. Yeah. But unfortunately, in that blast, it also got a nick on Rebecca's neck. And she's like, yeah and so butcher unfortunately has to watch his wife die oh and and what one of the best but one of the best moments though when he see his face though like when he looks over at ryan because of course he wants nothing to do with this kid not only it's not his kid he has his prejudice against superheroes he picks up this crowbar and he's just looking at him oh. like the best like scene beat this kid to death oh yeah oh, terrifying homelander previously had been at this cabin where ryan was and he goes in and there's like eight SWAT team there because of a deal that was made with Mr. Eggers. And he's like, where's my son? And they're all like, uh, <laughs> and, and he then just, you know, let her close the door. The SWAT and it's just like, gone. Oh, and when he walks out, Oh, this imagery of him doused in blood. I mean, yeah. his blonde hair his blood all over it. His face is covered in blood. He flies down and finds the scene of Stormfront's almost demise she's not quite dead and uh yeah he he's right he in all his power at that moment could totally blow butcher away but mave shows up and she has cell phone footage of the plane crash that happened in season one where they could have saved people but homelander just kind of threw it off like it's a plane crash whatever so he knows that if that's if that gets posted his image is dead he will even though he's super powerful game over although i was kind of like why don't you just blast the cell phone <laughs> yeah exactly unless does she have backups yeah does she have backups um does she have someone ready to go on you know right away but um so homelander kind of has to take a step back and butcher grabs ryan and so there's this moment of i think knowing that my wife has died and as a last kind of loving gesture towards to protect her, this kid, like she asked, I will protect and raise this kid as if it was my own, which is going to be, I think, a very interesting storyline through the following seasons, however long we get, because it is Homelander's kid. So Homelander, of course, is going to want Ryan back. And also Ryan is going to be dealing with learning about these powers he has. So that's going to be a very interesting storyline. But as I mentioned, yeah, we have this unknown dark presence that can blow up people's heads yeah the head popping assassin i love that and the scene the head yeah it's very like uh think of the kingsman scene but with blood um it was funny that that scene when they first do it in the comp it's like you know they're doing whatever the conference room whatever all these heads are popping and homelander and stormfront are just looking around like they look like john travolta meme from uh pulp fiction yeah just like like, what's happening oh it's just so great because they're you know they're just chaos but we have this deal. Uh, there's there's a deal being made with um, the guy who runs the church with Mr. Eggers about if we want to take the deep on as one of our guys. And you could tell us some dark stuff with this church. And then his head goes. So there's like, all right, that guy's gone. So yeah, we kind of find out the big reveal right at the end is that it's it's the congresswoman who uh, opposes Vought. And she's so she must be a soup or a soup terrorist. We're not quite sure yet. And where we're left off season two is so butcher's got Ryan 
Luckily, because of dealings with the government, the boys have been lifted of their crimes so they can return to their families. Frenchie and Kimiko are off to have like, you know, a fun adventure. Uh, Marvin gets to see his family again. And Huey's kind of left like, well, I need to be doing something. And he kind of feels like maybe it's time to be on my own. Yeah, get on his own not two be legs. part of mm-hmm. the boys. So he just decides to go apply for a job. Well, where does he apply for? To work for the congresswoman who can blow up heads. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Unbeknownst to him, he's made another bad decision. He's made plenty of bad decisions, but I also love the imagery. Because <laughs> it reminded me of like Batman, but it was so funny. We have this last scene with Homelander. And he's <laughs> oh, up on like a gargoyle, like on the building. His pants are down and he's jerking off to the city. And he's, and he's like, he's like rigorously doing it. He's, yeah, he's just I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I, do whatever I want. <laughs> And you're like, oh god, this guy's he's gonna go, he's gonna be even crazier as the seasons go along because he he already has his tight leash. And we did have that one shot of the big crowd scene where we we get one of those classic movie TV shots where we see a scene play out and then it goes back like five seconds in time and it's all in the person's head. Yeah. We had this one, that one great shot that's in the trailer where we see Homelander like just lasering this huge crowd of people just killing people left and right. And then it goes back and he's actually not done it. And you yeah. can tell like, that's a possibility at any second. That's how good the show is. Cause you don't like, did that really just happen? I was like, Oh, this is the boys. Mm-hmm. Any, anything goes. And we've seen shows where anything goes. This is probably top the charts of <laughs> shows that do whatever really anything they want. Goes. But it, it really is. It's a good show for it, it. It is like, you know, it shows strong female protagonists and has, you yes. know, it's not all like, even any of the, the sexual stuff is not like a lot of nudity. It's a lot of, you know, just for the story's sake, which I think is a good thing. The violence, although yes, um, over the top sometimes is to a point. And I think it's for the story's sake and it's just great acting. It's great storytelling. It's been so compelling. I mean, literally once we started watching the first episode, I was hooked and I watched both seasons in the span of like a week. It's if, especially for us two nerds here, for us two nerds here who love superhero lore comics and stuff it, it appeals to that but also the fact that it hits so many relevant themes especially because the comic was made you know, today yep and, mm-hmm. and unfortunately these themes are still prevalent in our society but such huge themes that um with corruption uh there's racism corruption government control conspiracy uh, racism the me too movement sexism so many things played into this kind of crazy <laughs> superhero dark but really funny adventure and i think that's why the show is so appealing and we were we cannot wait for season three to drop i'm sure maybe we'll get it by next year i mean you know obviously things are a little weird right now with covid but we have seen a lot of reports of shows and films going ahead and filming so i think season three is already being written right now and hopefully we'll start filming soon but uh i'm really looking forward to more boys i hope i hope we get a few more seasons i hope this is not a show that uh, ends too soon and I think there's plenty of comics to pull from that they can do um, a couple seasons more after, you know, season two. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I love the show. I'm glad I got you hooked. It is, uh, I've been a huge fan of it when I first saw the trailer and I watched it, did not disappoint. So if you are thinking of watching the show, The Boys, and um, you haven't watched it yet and you've just listened to this whole thing because uh, you don't care and you're a rule breaker, I like it just like The Boys, 
Uh, it's definitely a good one. Now go watch it and get the get the visual component. It's not yeah, definitely <laughs> not the same. But I'm I'm yeah. hoping you all enjoyed the journey that we had with the boys um, as much as we did because it certainly is one of the most visceral and you know eye popping and real and amazing writing. And of course, I got to give props out to the showrunners Eric Kripke who created the. Uh, still running and just finishing this year, Supernatural, and it partnered with Seth Rogen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can believe that. Uh, they've done a, yep. such an amazing job. At who, makes a, who makes a funny, a couple of fun cameos. Yeah, which is you know, I, you know uh, but, um, we got Black Noir here. <laughs> yes. So um, I just want to say, uh, you guys out there, the listeners, you're the true heroes. So we reviewed The Boys, and that was this week's Potential Pick. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.